This Known Leader podcast is presented to you by your friends at LifeWay Student Ministry. We want to help you lead students to know God, own their faith, and make their faith known. You can find other incredible student ministry resources as well as future camp information at www.lifeway.com forward slash students. to another episode of our Known Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Prawl, and we are beginning a brand new unit of study with this session. It's called Goodness Gracious, and we're going to actually take the next four weeks and look at three different fruit of the Spirit in that list that Paul gave us in Galatians chapter 5. We're going to talk about kindness, goodness, and gentleness, give a little bit of distinction between each of those, talk about why as believers we should we should also represent these characteristics of God in our own lives. And as we get into the study, I've got a guest uh, with me, a special guest to help us talk about these issues. Uh, Jeff Pratt is here with me. Jeff, how are you? Great, great. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Jeff, why don't you take a second and just uh, tell folks what you do here at LifeWay. I am the director of student ministry training and events, uh, which means that I'm responsible for all the events that we do for students, including all of our huge camps, uh, anything else that we do for students. Uh, and then also training, so LifeWay National Youth Workers Conference and uh, the other trainings that we provide for student workers and leaders. Well, good. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you taking the time. I know this is a busy time as we're recording you know, here during the summer. This is a busy time for you with camps and stuff, mm-hmm. so thanks for taking the time. Jeff, We're um, as I mentioned just kind of in this intro, we're talking about you know these three aspects of God's character, and then as we look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit, that scripturally these are a part of our lives yeah, you know, I guess the the thing for us, especially as guys, is how do we let loose with kindness, goodness, and gentleness? But we're going to begin with all that with this whole discussion of these are characteristics and traits of God's nature. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to look at this first session, this first question. What does it mean for God to be kind? Why don't we just jump right into these life principles? Because I think that's probably the best place to get going with this, uh, just to help give us some clarity into this discussion. Uh, we're looking in three different scripture passages this week as leaders are looking at their materials our first life principle, God's kindness is shown to everyone. We're looking at Luke six thirty five. What do you see in that verse, and what is it? How does it relate to God being kind? Yeah, you know, I think I think probably one of the toughest things for us, not just as guys, but for all of us, uh, is to realize that that this part of God is in us. Right. Uh, that that when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit being in us, these are these are qualities that we should reflect in our life, and and this is you know this is our opportunity to show the world what God looks like. Right. And and I think a lot of times you know again we, we have to wrestle with with our flesh in that because our flesh wants to wants to be exact opposite. You know, our flesh wants to self preserve and to take care of ourselves. This nature that's in us, that's a godly nature, wants to uh, exhibit the characteristics of God. So I, you know, I think the challenge for us as we look at that uh, is just that. I mean, how do I how do I live a godly life? You know, you always hear people talk use that language. How, how that person is godly. This person is godly. What does that mean? I mean, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're not gods, obviously. But what what does that mean? Well, I think what it means is that we are allowing uh, our spirit to exhibit right. the fruit of the spirit, which which obviously goodness is one of those. And and so this just gives us the opportunity to uh, to allow. You know, it's just it's not an option. Uh, I hear a lot of people talk about the fruit of the spirit like it's an option. Right. Like they can look at the list and choose three that are com- you know that they're yeah. most comfortable with. It's just <laughs> we'll not leave these three out. So, yeah. Exactly. And it's just not that at all. So, you know, I, I think when I look at this verse, uh, especially in 635 as it talks about loving your enemies, uh, doing what is good, lending expecting nothing in return, 
man, that, that is just – that goes against the society we live in. Right. Because the society we live in says, I mean, you don't love your enemies. I mean, you hate your enemies. Right. You know, that just makes sense. And, you know, you don't lend expecting nothing back. I mean, you, you lend expecting something back and, and then interest as well. Right. So yeah. it, it just – it really crashes against the, the, the system and the culture that we live in. But that's what God came to do. Right. You know, God came to crash against uh, this system. And so I think, again, this is our opportunity to show people. It's an opportunity to exhibit God's nature in our life. Well, and, I, uh, and, and man, it, listen, it's not easy. Yeah. That's the problem. It's not easy. It, it, it's something we have to work at every single day. Well, and a couple of these questions in here talks about, you know, how does God show kindness to everyone and, and why? How would you help students kind of work through those questions? How does God show kindness to folks today? Yeah, well, that, that, that's a great question. You know, even as the last part of that verse, for he, for he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. And, of course, what we think is, man, they don't deserve that. Right. And, and I think, again, that's the way we think. And and, and all we could see is what, what people exhibit. You know, we, we, we live in a world today where if you do for me, I'll do for you. You know, and, and we, we think that's the way it's supposed to be. When God looks down, God sees all of his creation. God sees everything that he's created and, you know, lost or saved, they're his creation. Right. And his desires for all of them to be saved, for all of them to understand who he is and to come into a saving relationship with him. And so, you know, his desire and looking at his creation versus our desire in dealing with our enemies can be completely different. Right. Because, you know, where we want vengeance, God wants salvation. Right. And so I, you know, I think again, it's just, it's just tough for us to think eternally and not temporal. You know, we, we live in a temporal world, and we want, and that's pretty much how we think. And I think with students, it's just hard for us to get students to think eternally. Right. You know, I, I talk to my kids up at Tulip Grove all the time about, you know, we have to think, we have to live in the eternal. We, we, eternal life doesn't start when we get to heaven. Right. It starts when we come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. So our mentality, you know, we, we need to start living like that now. And, and I think when you love your enemies – uh, people see that there's something different about your life, right? Well, and you mentioned eternal life and heaven, and that you know that last question in this section talks about that. That you know we've identified that that God is kind; He demonstrates kindness to everyone. Well, does God's kind nature then mean that all people are going to get into heaven? You know, that's the big discussion around you know the country right now with Rob Bell's book that came out, and you know David Platt has issued a statement about that. Francis Chan has issued a statement about that. How would you? work with your students on this question. Does God's kind nature mean that everybody's automatically going to get into heaven just because he's kind? Yeah. And again, that's a, that's a tough question that everybody's wrestling with right now. And I guess has been for a long time. We, we just find different ways to say it. And, right. and, and that's how we, we grasp that. You know, I, I think Rick, that again, we have to look at it from an eternal perspective. God loves his creation. Right. You know, as we think about parents, you know, we, we may have one of our kids who's just a little tougher than the other. Right. And, man, listen, we love that. We love that kid as much as we love any of our other kids. And we're going to work with that, with that young person and make sure we do everything we can to get that person on that road they need to be on. I mean, I think that's exactly what God does with his creation. Right. I think what we've done is that we've separated the lost and the saved, and we think God hates the lost and he loves the saved. Right. And the reality is, is that God loves everybody. And now that doesn't mean that, that that lost person is going to go to heaven. That doesn't mean that lost person is going to enjoy the benefits of what it means to be in a right relationship with God. I think right. what God does is that God loves them. He shows them his kindness so that he can reveal to them who he is and that that person will come into a right relationship with him. That's right. And lead them on that correct and, path. And lead yeah. them on that correct path. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I think God's going to do everything that, that that he feels necessary to do 
to reveal himself to all of his creation. That's right. And that's a great segue into that second life principle this week is that you know, God's kindness, which is shown to everyone, is revealed by his mercy and grace. We're going to jump over to Ephesians chapter 2, looking there at verses 4 through 7. What do you see in that passage? And, and then let's talk about mercy and grace. Right. Well, just as it, as it starts, uh, it just really focuses on God. And I think that's a great place to focus, you know, but God. Uh, and, and I think those those first two words, when we look at all the things that we wrestle with, you know, as you look at verse 3, it talks about fleshly desires, inclinations of our flesh, our thoughts. Uh, you know, all of those things we still wrestle with. But God, God gives us the opportunity and the ability through a personal relationship with him, man, to think differently, to act differently, uh, to treat each other differently. And I think just looking at his character, he's abundant in mercy because of his great love for us. Uh, he's made us alive. You know, these are the things that he's done. And so, right. uh, again, for us to remember, okay, that lives in me. Right. So if it lives in me, there's the opportunity that I have to share that with others. When, and how would you walk students through just helping them understand the difference and the definitions of mercy and grace, since those are both mentioned in this passage? Yeah, it is. And, and I think, and I've heard people use this before, and I think it's pretty accurate that you know, mercy, mercy is us not getting what we do deserve. Right. And then grace is obviously us receiving God's gift. So as I think about mercy, I think about God saving me from really what I deserve. Man, I deserve hell. I deserve to be punished. I deserved, you know, I deserve to be the guy on the cross, not Jesus. But mercy said, no, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm going to hold you from that. I'm going to take your place in that role. Right. And grace then comes and says, now I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. Mm. So as as I receive, it's just it's an amazing picture because not only do I, I not get what I deserve, I get what I don't deserve. Right, yeah. And uh, it, it's just it, it's hard to fathom that. You know, I was talking to some of our leaders uh, up on my floor about unconditional love. I mean, do, do we really understand what that is? Do we really know what unconditional love is? And we think we do. Uh, until a crisis comes, and then we turn away from you know from people, we turn our back on people. But the reality is, is that unconditional love is just this: is right. that we we don't get what we do deserve, uh, and then we get what we don't deserve. That's right. Yeah, and it's just an incredible display, you know, of God's kindness to us in that, which then leads us to that third life principle: is that God's kindness, this kindness that's shown to everyone and it's revealed by His mercy and grace. That kindness leads us to repentance, which you talked about in that first section. We're going to jump over to Romans chapter two, verse four. Mm-hmm. What do you see there? And and what do you make of this life principle? God's kindness leads us to repentance. Yeah, you know that's an uh, interesting scripture that we're talking about today. Just last night, we were coming home from uh, remodeling our youth basement, and uh, my youngest son was sitting in the back seat, and he was uh, uh, had chewing gum, and like most students do. He's popping and smacking his gum, you know, and, and we've asked him not to do that several times. And um, so so I, I asked him, I said, Alec, now, if, if you do that, you know, one more time, I'm, I'm just going to have to take it away from you. <laughs> because if you can't handle it, you know, right, then, then you just need not have it. And then right after that, I started joking with him. And my wife looked at me and said, how can you get on him and then be funny with him? Right. You know, we've got this perception that we've got to be angry and we've got to be mean when we're trying to discipline. Right. And, uh, and, and I. And I just don't think that's true. I, I think there's this aspect of kindness and gentleness. He understood what I was trying to say. He got my point. And I think sometimes when we look at this, we expect the only way that we're going to come to repentance is if God is mean and angry and he's beating on us right. and he's thrashing us. And, you know, how could, we, how could kindness lead to repentance? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I think the reality is, is that when God reveals who he is, people are drawn to that. 
And people are drawn to the kindness and to the love and the mercy of, of God. Right. Now, we know that he has that other side, the justice side and the mercy side. But the reality is God is going to shower his love on us and draw us to him through that. That's right. Well, and this whole process of, of God being kind, and we're going to kind of get into this in the next two sessions as well, talking about goodness and gentleness. But this idea that God's kindness moves us through that process. And I love what you shared, Jeff, in this first session, and, and it will lay a foundation for what we're going to do. Leaders, as we're wrapping up this session, again, our question this week, what does it mean for God to be kind? And we're getting to that point that God's kindness moves us to a relationship with him. And we looked at three life principles. God's kindness is shown to everyone. His kindness is revealed by mercy and grace. And his kindness leads us to repentance. I do want to encourage you, leaders, as we're going through this entire unit, you know, focus on the question and the point for each particular session. We've included in the student materials definitions to help you differentiate between Kindness, goodness, and gentleness. One of the things about those definitions, though, you're going to find these words in each one of these definitions. A, a definition for kindness involves being good. So wrestle with these principles with your students, and then we'll wrap it all up in that fourth session about how do we apply these in our own lives. Thanks for joining us this week.